There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 394. Um, thanks if you watched Talking Bad last night, which was the after show to Breaking Bad, so you probably would have watched that too if you watched our show. Uh, it was so much fun. Uh, Vince Gilligan and Julie Bowen and... Vince, if you listen to the podcast he was on last week, you could just, he's such a sweet, nice guy, but has such great information. Um, my only regret is that our show's only a half hour long, so we just didn't have as much time to dig in, but uh, I, that episode last night of Breaking Bad was, uh, oh, so good. It makes me mad how good that show is. Um, so, we will be on again next week. Uh, we'll have cast members from the show on throughout the run of the, the next seven episodes. So, uh, I'm sad. I have that sort of anxiety of like, oh, I'm, ang- I'm anxious about the stuff that's going on in the show, and now I'm anxious about the fact that it's going to be over. I don't like series finales. I always kind of flip out when a doctor regenerates or when a show ends or it just I just feel this like <gasps> why is it leaving me uh, I wonder what that's all about I'd like to thank Stamps.com for sponsoring this episode of the Nurse Podcast uh, here's a fun not so fun tale I uh, got notice in the mail that I had a piece of uh, mail that had to be picked up at the post office so I go down to the post office haven't been in the post office for a while uh, fascinated that they still exist that they uh, there isn't just some sort of a weird personless um, uh, place that dispenses all of the postal things that we need. So, uh, I'm standing in the post office. Uh, there's only a couple people in line. There's four people at the counters, four uh, uh, postal workers at the counters, and it's like, oh, this is not so bad. Then all of a sudden, a huge line of people shows up right as I get there, and uh, and two of the <laughs> the postal workers uh, shut their windows down. So then, all of a sudden now, like 14 people are narrowed down to the two remaining postal characters. I- I'm sure they had good reasons uh, for doing what they did, but what you know should have been probably like a 10-minute trip to the post office was eh, about a 35-40 minute trip to the post office. My point is, why would you want that if you could possibly avoid it? Stamps.com will help you avoid that. Uh, you can print out postage anywhere and the exact postage you need. Look, every dollar counts when you're running a small business. You're not going to throw away money. You shouldn't. If you are, then you're bad at business. But with Stamps.com, you get the benefits of a postage meter at a fraction of the cost. So right now, of course, there's a promo using the special offer. No risk trial. $110 bonus, including a digital scale and up to $55 in free postage. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Nerdist. That is Stamps.com. Enter the promo code Nerdist. And now, uh, this episode is Gerard Way, who 
uh, turned out to be like the nicest guy in the world. He uh, wanted to come on the podcast. He's a huge, obviously, I'm sure you've heard of uh, My Chemical Romance, but what you may or may not know about Gerard is that he's a huge comic book geek uh, and he's written comic books, uh, one of them called The Umbrella Academy, and then most recently, which is available on Dark Horse Now, The True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys. And, uh, and we had a blast hanging out with him. And, and if Twitter is to be believed and the text messages, then uh, very soon, uh, Double Dubs, a.k.a. Will Wheaton and Gerard and I are going to get together and play tabletop games. So uh, this, I, I didn't know what to expect, but, uh, but I really dig this guy. So here you go, the Nurse Podcast number 394 with Gerard Way. Now entering Nerdist.com. Not a podcast. Well, hell, a musician and writer Gerard Way here to talk about rock and roll. I say it's not here to stay. <laughs> I don't know why. I just felt like opening the show like an old news, like an old timey. Should have kept it up the entire time. I like. I didn't like the break so soon. What? I wanted you to keep going. I'm Captain Bailout. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I fucking the second. That's why I'm bad at sketch comedy, Jonah. Because yeah. like after like two lines, Fer, Mike Furman and I always used to try to play <laughs> as hard and firm. We would try to do characters, and after two minutes, somebody would be like, "Ah, it's us. Fuck it." You know, like we're no, I'm no good, no good. Uh, Gerard, thank you for being here. Is that too loud? Thanks for having me. Yeah, but I found out how to adjust it. Yep. Just that little mini pod right there. I'm tweaking. I'm tweaking it out. You must have been meltdown a million and a half times. Yeah, when I first moved to L.A. too, especially, because we moved to Mount Washington, and like, it was just awesome coming here, and just on tour and stuff, too. Before I lived here, I would come here. Yep. And where are you you from? Jersey? New Jersey, yeah. You're from New Jersey. I'm from New Jersey, yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. What's, what's What's the comic book shop in New Jersey? Um, comic Explosion. Everyone, everyone knows it's Jane Silent Bob Secret Stash. It's the only comic book store there. I was too far from that, so I'm like, you know, I basically lived near the airport, near the worst part. <laughs> so that's where I grew up. So, um, so yeah, so I would have, I would go to Comic Explosion in Nutley, which is still there. It's just in a different spot in Nutley now. It's awesome, but yeah, I never been to to uh, Kevin's shop. You know, neither have I. I've driven past it. I was like, I, I had a, a couple hours in Jersey, and I drove by. You know, the quick stop, the RST video on Yeah. Didn't stop in any of them. But what? Didn't have time. Had to go. It, you, you sound, it sounds like me, like, at a museum sometimes. Like, if I'm at a, like, a, I'm a bad, I'm great in science museums. I'll stop and I'll want to everything I'll want to look at and understand the history. and Google. But art museums, I'm like, okay, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Yeah. Like, just all the way through. I just burn through it as I fast as I just go in front of the museum and take a selfie. <laughs> just so people think you're cultured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like totally it. loving this Urs Fisher exhibit. Whatever. <laughs> Wait, okay, guys. In- Instagram video or vines? I mean, on the one hand, vines are six seconds, Instagrams are fifteen, but there is no Android equivalent to Vine, you guys. What's it gonna be? I think we're all alone. <laughs> Doesn't seem to be anyone alone. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm interested about this. Do, do you do you make uh, do you make vines or do you do you do Instagram videos? You know, I just discovered Vine. I think I'm trying to remember. It was about a month ago or two, month. Or two ago and I was like this is awesome it's like super stupid self edited good luck with yeah. it you can't go fix it I love it so I haven't done enough of them yet but I've been really busy so I like it I like Vine better because of the looping it kind of sometimes makes things funnier 
The yeah. fact that it's something so dumb, but you just keep on seeing it. If I know, you don't and click away. I get lost in them too. Yeah. Like I'll be watching yeah, even ones that I mean, and I know the order they went in, and then I forget the order they're in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, like, did I start there? Where, where or there? Is, what is real life? They got to fix the Vine app, though. <laughs> I spent I spent all day. I was running around. So I was performing in Salt Lake City a couple weeks ago. All day I would run around and I was getting different pieces of Salt Lake City to be like, Salt Lake City! <laughs> and I got to the end of the day, I went to go to the last shot and I opened the Vine app and it just was gone. Uh, yeah. It just like. What's it, the time w- limit on a Vine? I don't know. So it's fresh. Oh, like, it was like yeah. as far as like yeah, saving how fresh it? Is it? I couldn't. I don't, know. I, don't, I don't think it's. I think it's just whenever the app decides it doesn't want to save it anymore, <laughs> yeah. then you go back and you've lost. Uh, all of your time. Fun. That's and a I, bummer. It is really a bummer. It's yeah. the worst thing that could happen to anyone, Gerard. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst it's thing. It's a serious problem. It's the worst thing. It's a serious problem. Oh, I'm sorry. I got really upset for a second. Um, but it's nice to have you on. And I know, Thank I'm you. sure, I mean, obviously a lot of people know you from Chemical Romance. Mm-hmm. But uh, but a lot. I'm sure a lot of nerd folk know you as an Eisner Award winning comic book writer. Yeah, which is super awesome to be known as that. That was such an honor. It was a huge deal. Was it bigger is it is it more I mean, for you, for music and comics yeah. is like, oh the Eisner. Is it is it sort of a is it more have carry more weight in some senses? Uh, yeah. Because it was such a childhood thing too, you know, um it was a big deal. Yeah. I was really I was sweating. And uh Sam Jackson was the Award giver for that one, I think. Or he wasn't, was he the host? I and the motherfucking remember. award. Yeah, he was pretty much like that because we were really noisy at the Dark Horse section, too. And he, I think he <laughs> referred to us as you noisy motherfuckers over there. <laughs> and that's how we found out we won. The winner oh, and congratulations, motherfuckers. Noisy motherfuckers. So uh, that was a big deal. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's the biggest deal that ever could happen, like award wise. So your whole, your, from what I, the basic strokes that I under the, the mm. broad strokes of what I understand about you is that you really wanted to be a, a a comic book guy. Like that was your that was your passion. That was yeah. And then you sort of uh, around nine eleven, from what I read, if if Wikipedia is to be believed, <laughs> you you were like, mm, I think maybe I need to get out and see the world a little bit. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. You know, like I went um, at fifteen, um, I got published. Um, which was really rad. I went to like a Philadelphia Comic Con and showed a guy my stuff and got published. It was really cool. And was that the uh, stuff you have to pay for? Like you pay to like show like industry no, professionals? No, or? I never saw any of that. I, don't I know, saw that. Did that, they do that, that? I saw that in the uh, that movie, the, the Comic Con uh, movie. Yeah, the Comic Con movie. Yeah, yeah they like, pay to show. Yeah, it's like you, you you have to like pay to like show your stuff to professionals That's and so they give lame. you notes. Yeah, it seems kind of <laughs> weird. Super lame. <laughs> no, you should. I always feel you should never pay to do anything as an artist. Like somebody should ask you to, and if not, you should wait in a line all day for free at least. You know? Yeah, I don't know if I mean I, I don't I don't know what the the I mean I don't know if that's fairly standard for the comic book industry. Mm-hmm. I assume that maybe it is, but it's like in performance, if someone says, "Oh, pay for these." Classes and we'll give you, you know, we'll put you in front of casting directors. Right. And yeah. you're like, no. Well, or, something about this smells wrong. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> like your dick is out and that smells wrong. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you really should never. And now you don't have to because you could just put your stuff up. Yeah. If you want and to, if somebody loves it, that'll end up on some kind of cool blog like Super Punch or something. Like you know, I go to that all the time and I just see cool art and and then people see it and they get jobs. You know, I was looking for artists that way for a while. Yeah. You know? So when you're writing it, when you're writing a comic book versus when you're writing a song, does it does it feel like it comes from the same place, or is it do you have is it separate? It comes from the same place, kind of, but the the execution is so different that it takes me. I did the math. It takes me um, 14 days, six full work days to write a comic. 
Oh, wow. It takes me that long. Uh, Umbrella's so dense that it takes that long. And generally anything else I write, Killjoy's a little less, but um, generally anything else I write like tends to take that long. So it's not as as much as I love it and I'm proud of the stuff I've done and I feel like I'm good at it, Like it's not as automatic as, as music. Like music, I just kind of see a guitar and... Like if it's a brand new instrument, I somehow know how to at least make noise with it, and then I'll end up writing a song with it. And <laughs> it's a very different. And with you're with people, you know, and and I, yeah, yeah, with people, or even if like I am alone in like my office or my room or something. And like solitary is pretty fun too for writing. And then, but it's just so different, and you feel really more closed off. I don't know something. It's gonna sound like metaphysical or whatever, but when you're sitting with a guitar writing music, you feel more connected. To, I guess, the universe than you do sitting there staring at a computer writing a comic book. Right. You're creating a universe then, I guess. Mm. I don't know. I I would say, I don't even, I mean, part of me staring at a computer feels, in theory, connected to the world. Like, I like knowing that there's an internet connection. But it is, uh, but, but interfacing with the machine the way that we do is so... Isolating. It is. It's weird. Yeah. It's weirdly isolating that, that that technology could make us more connected, but I think more possibly more isolated than we've we've ever been in a weird yeah, sort of way. Yeah, you get lost in it. Yeah, you can misinterpret stuff and take stuff the right way or the wrong way if it's meant to be nice or evil. Or I mean, there's just like so much weird shit that can happen to you on the internet. That's why it's yeah. best to just <laughs> to try not to react to things. It's like someone says something, yeah. you're like, "Hey, what the fuck?" And they're like, "Oh, I was kidding, or I didn't mean it that way." And then you're like, "I'm a dick. Mm. I'm." obsessed with myself and I shouldn't be reading this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I stopped Googling myself a long time ago. <laughs> That's probably... Long it's ago. wise. There's no... You, there, nothing good comes of it. Nothing good. You, yeah. you either go, hey, look at that. Some guy thinks I'm awesome or what the fuck did I do? Like, But either way, you're not enriched yeah. necessarily. Anyway. No, 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 I found no. some cool animated GIFs of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I found some pretty decent GIFs. See, I, I, see alright, I gotta be honest. I keep shit like that too. If I find super weird, funny GIFs, yeah. Like, I keep them. Yeah, same here. I have them all kind of filed away. I like memes. I collect memes. You co- every- What's your favorite meme? Um, I look on my phone. I, I collect them of my friends and my, my brother. I just collect memes. Um, what is it? I started making my own as reactions to questions that I got tired of hearing over and over. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of responding. So you just see with, him and give him a little screen. I grab? just give so, him a little picture. Here, so here's what we're going to do. Um, uh, top question that you respond to all the time, and then the meme that is top the response question to question I respond to all the time. And, but then you have to tell us what the meme is so that we can... Okay. Um, no, wait. This recently just happened, so i got to really remember. i got to dig hard in my brain. Uh, there was something that I had to use this... I used this... Well, let me tell you the meme first. I used this skateboard kid because I was so bored of this one question. And I was like, oh, that's funny because it's like I'm bored of this. What was the question? Where does the name My Chemical Romance come from? No, they're usually like that's a, that's fine. I'll just usually you know good. Where's the name those. My Chemical Romance? <laughs> I'll usually ignore those. <laughs> but um, uh, we're Skate Kid. I gotta show you. So I found out. So anyway, the story behind at least the meme is then I just found this kid who was skateboarding and he looks really intense and he, it looks like it's eighties too. So it's like a fucking Valterra or something. It's like a big hunk <laughs> of wood, you know. <laughs> And he's so intense. And then somebody's like, yo, that's Christian Hasoy or whatever. I don't know how to say his last name. But he's like a legendary skater. Yeah, Christ there. I just typed in. It wasn't something obvious either. I typed in something weird to find him. And I found it. And it was just it. You know, I'm having a hard time right now. There's a good, uh, there's a good documentary <laughs> on that guy's life uh, called Rising Sun. It's on Netflix Instant Watch. Oh, it's is about it? skater Christian Hasoy, who uh, was like one of the biggest skaters in the 80s and then uh, got busted for meth. 
So and, I, uh, yeah, I found him. I got really excited. Then I found him on Twitter. I followed him, and his story's really inspiring. And I'm like, good for this dude. So yeah, yeah. Now he's uh, now he's in Orange County as a youth minister, I believe. Really, one yeah, of my yeah. favorite things that he does actually is he. He tweets pictures of himself like thrashing or another dude totally thrashing with like a Bible quote. It's super <laughs> intense. <laughs> oh, it's wow. super powerful yeah. when you look at it. And he's still doing like crazy stuff. I made this blocking meme when I block somebody. It's two guys. <laughs> <laughs> two guys in a, in a karate in exercise. A kar- one guy's blocking the other. You have, and been you have been blocked. God damn it. I love that. That's great. It's good. I can send it to you. And then uh, we're a skate kid. I know he's creeping around here. Oh, you guys have the same case. Oh, my God. Okay, so let's talk about this phone case real quick. This phone case, I've had... This is the only thing I've bought twice in my life. Let's put it that way. Okay. Besides, like, maybe milk or eggs or something. Okay. And, like, it is the most comfortable cell phone case ever. I love it. It's furry... Mine got scummed up, and I still kept it. I loved it. Like, it's the oh, Wookie. It's it's the Chewbacca phone case. It's uh, it's it's and it and it's, it's actual Wookie fur, Jonah. Actual Wookie fur. Yeah. Where did actual, they get it? From a Wookie. <laughs> fucking dumb question. I got Where'd it from, they get that. I got it from PowerA.com because I would like a shitload of free ones. <laughs> <laughs> See, Chris. <laughs> Shit, I don't See? know how it works. Um, Snarky answers will get you nothing for free. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get this for free from a Wookie, Jonah. I had to take it. <laughs> Because that's how you get something from a Wookiee. You had to shave the Wookiee's back. Yes. Yeah. Just a little piece when yeah. he was asleep. He didn't. He didn't I got know. the C3PO, but it didn't cut it. it like didn't... I, I was like, oh, I'll have two. One for when I'm feeling blingy or something, and one when I'm just like a Wookiee. And the the C3PO lasted like 20 minutes. And there seems just... to be a rectangular space missing in my <laughs> back. It was. All right, we're not gonna find this thing. We're not gonna I find gotta, the meme. I, oh wait, I found him, but I don't find. I didn't find him saying anything super funny. Because <laughs> usually, I, I. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it started like this. You see, he's just skating, right? Yep, there he is. I sent that to somebody, and then I went bored of this. <laughs> and I got really, I laugh at myself a lot. And then it went to a sigh with the same question. This is all the same question. And then eventually it just ended up, fuck. That's perfect. <laughs> and it gets bigger and bigger and yeah, bigger. Yeah, the, it just keeps getting bigger. Where so. is the Gerard Way meme generator? Is that on? I use this crappy one. I don't know what it's called. I know. I should. I don't know. Is there a meme? There's got to be a meme generator for everybody out there. I would imagine there is. Yeah, Photoshop. That's I love. Really I've really intense. gotten into shitty bootleg Photoshop lately too. Yeah, yeah. I know that's kind of an old thing, but it's it's fun if you aim for really good instead of just like cat heads on people. But if you're trying to do it really good and you're not that good at it, it starts to look fucking rad because it's so yeah. bad. You know, if you're just like, are yeah. you not a Photoshop guy? I never learned it. All right, so then I went. So I went to SVA. Back to the comics. Um, I went to art school, and it, but it was before the big shift of digital. Mm-hmm. So they would like, hey, we have these computers. You might want to check them out because we think they're the future. And I was like, fuck that. I'm gonna <laughs> never happen. Yeah, I'm gonna do my lettering by hand. I had the little. Thing so I learned everything super analog style, which is probably a good way to learn Absolutely, it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, had really awesome teachers like Carmine Infantino, Salomon Dulla, Joe Orlando, all these legends, you know. Joey Cavalieri, who's still at DC. Um, and then I interned there. Joey Cavalieri got me an internship and, and stuff like that. So I, so my point, though, is I never learned Photoshop because right away I was like kind of a curmudgeon about it. I was like, no, this, fuck, that's not real comics. You got to do it by hand. And I like this you know. an, an adorable kid curmudgeon. Mm-hmm. No, computers yeah. are dumb. Yeah, exactly. Totally. And then I got out and couldn't get a job because <laughs> I didn't have Photoshop skills. It says here on your resume that computers are dumb. <laughs> um, you still feel that way. <laughs> Would you like to elaborate on that? I think it speaks for itself. Yeah. 
Yeah. You're dumb for asking that. <laughs> oh, watch, no one's Where, the Where's my out. desk? Where's my desk? You, you're, I like your moxie. You're hired. <laughs> Fuck no, I'm fired. Oh, shit. Please come back. <laughs> you can't hire me. I quit. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> nobody's ever said that. I think you've just stumbled into something nobody's ever said. I'll put it in my locket. Yeah, you should. <laughs> put it in your comedy locket. You can't hire me. I quit. <laughs> I bet you, sh- you should. I Google that shit sometimes. If I feel like I've I've stepped into something that's never been said. And then you I'll, check it out. I check it out. And, and most I'm, times. And I'm like, yes. It really? So, yeah, most times it works out. I forget favor. to. I just send it off into the zeitgeist and hope it comes back. If it loves me, it, it will we'll find its way back. You'll see it on a sitcom and it'll bug it, you It'll out. come back on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah Jonah's yeah. had a few jokes that I we know we know originated with him that turned up on things. <laughs> 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 that we know, like, oh, I do it for the art. <laughs> Why are you shaking? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, right. just this transition okay. from comic book to, I mean, it's sort of like, are, are are people friendly about it to you? Because I remember, like, when my friend Rob Zombie started directing movies, mm-hmm. people were like, "What does this rock star do with thinking directing yeah. movies?" Like, no, you understand. I've always this has always been my passion. Music was just this thing that yeah, I could do. Yeah, exactly. But this was the thing. This was actually the thing that defines me. Right. It's the same way. So, like, you know, I literally was like, I mean, I music was always this like kind of secret passion thing, you know. And then um, I would kind of keep it to myself, and then. You know, when I had like the life crisis, I was like, "All right, I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this band thing because the comic thing actually wasn't working out. It was like the worst period in comics to get out of school and try to draw. It was after the '90s boom, oh, okay. so it was like all the people that had bought like those bag Death of Supermans that thought they were gonna be worth lots of money and got pissed <laughs> off. Like, so, so, oh no! Yeah, there's a huge crash. Like, remember they were like fucking hiring anybody. It didn't matter how you drew. It was. Just, <laughs> So then I go to school because I'm like, cool, I'll get a job. And then, um, you know, anyway. So uh, so then what happened? Well, you, I got lost. You started a band. Oh, yeah, I started a band because I was like, this will be a good backup. A rock band. <laughs> Compared to, like, breaking into comics, that was my fucking backup. Plan B for band. Plan B. I'll start this band. And it, I mean, it was an immediate thing. It how really did that, was. so how, how, I mean, was it sort of like, did you sort of, did you live the, um... That special montage moment that I've always wanted to have where it's like, we're playing in our garage. Next thing, hey, guys, it's on the radio. And then you, then you see the montage of it climbing up the charts. Number 12, number 6, number 2. Uh, if you swap some of those things out for, like, basement and college radio. Okay. Um, I remember being in the parking lot of our of our shithole studio and hearing it on college radio for the first, like, first time, W. SOU Pirate Radio Seton Hall. It was amazing. It was like that was the most. It never got better than that. Like even hearing it on commercial radio wasn't as cool. As was that. the album for that already out, or was it like a seven inch? Or what it was, was a song. It was just a song. It, was, it, it only existed digitally too. It wasn't even a seven inch. Because that's how <laughs> poor we were. We just had a digital file we sent over. And uh, oh, you just sent it to the station. Yeah, because um, we had started to play local, and one of the DJs really liked us. And he said, do you have anything? And we said, well, we'll go record something. So we recorded one song called Vampires Will Never Hurt You. And then it just started to build up inch by inch, though, you know, momentum. And it was like, so I quit my job, which was actually a rad job. I was designing toys at the time. I was doing, like, this stuff for toy What a fanciful life you've had. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> you know, comics are working. I'll design toys. I'll be a rock star for a while. Uh, yeah. That's like uh, Kate Micucci from Garfunkel and Oates. She was, like, going to get hired to, like, uh, design toys. And then they're like, uh, it's like, oh, but we, you should be an actor. She's like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was, like, it was kind of like that, yeah. So then I was working at this toy design place, and then... Um, 
we got this we were literally just playing a basement the week before and we got this offer to open up for Jimmy World at the Allentown Fairground it was like 10,000 something people and, and that's right when world. Bleed American came out right? yes oh, they were like, the self-titled album they were like what it's not Bleed American after 9-11 they, had to, they took it off the shelves and then uh, made it the self-titled album that's right. and actually it came out three times because uh, it was on Grand Royal but then Grand Royal went out of business that mm-hmm. was the BC Boys label uh, and then uh, they re-released it, as, uh, and then they had to, after 9-11, they took it back off the shelves and re-released it. Wow. Because Bleed American. Mm-hmm. It was too much for people. Too a much. Lot, there was a bunch of albums that got pulled off the shelves after New 9/11. York City Cops got pulled off the Strokes album, I remember yeah, that. That was another album. They had to, They took it off because the cover, oh, like yeah, it was the like cover. the black it hand. On, it was basically <laughs> Smell the Glove is what yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Smell the Glove. <laughs> and, uh, smell the glove. I love that original cover. That, that The one after... You know, wasn't as cool. I no, it was, it was whatever. It was just yeah. whatever. Maybe that was their point. Just yeah, whatever. just kind of like, oh, fuck you, here There's you some go. some blobs. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there was like, uh, I Am the World Trade Center. Their album had just come out, and then they're, like, they're, they got pulled off. There was a bunch of stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. There was a rap album with the World Trade blowing up on yeah. it, right? Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Like Week Of, too, yeah. or something. Yeah. Speed Kills by by. Bush is that the name of that band? Bush. I think so. I, mean, I, I literally Slayer yeah God like the Bush yeah. as as it was functioning in my brain. I was like that couldn't possibly be the name of you a mean, fucking band. Gavin Rossdale Bush. Yeah, 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 that's what I did mean. But I was like not Rush Bush. Bush. Is there a band called fucking Bush? Bush. Remember Bush yeah. was like because I worked at K Rock from ninety five to ninety eight. And that was like I just just rode that wave. It was like it was the last breaths of grunt. It was like yeah. just it was grunt. I'll tell you, K Rock ninety five ninety six was it was it was like it was Candlebox. It was yeah, Alanis. Candlebox, yeah. It was yeah. Candlebox, Alanis. Um, it was Collective Soul. Collective, collective Soul, Soul. A lot of Collective Soul. Stone Temple Pilots. Just sort of Silverchair, right? Silverchair. Yeah. Just coming into kind of like Pearl Jam live stuff. You know, oh, they like, just started releasing. They yeah, just yeah. started doing. They started doing that stuff, and then uh, and so. And Everyone started rapping, <laughs> and then everyone started shitty rapping. Oh, yeah. new metal! Yeah, <laughs> oh, is that boy. what that was called? Yeah, yeah they called well, they it N- NU. NU. It had a dash name. metal. NU. Yeah, it was yeah. NU. New metal. New. Metal. Mm-hmm. There was even a time I think in like uh, early or mid two thousands where they tried to like a bunch of bands are coming out. They were like, "Oh, it's new grunge," and everyone's like, "No, no, 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 no. we're not happening. gonna do that again." Yeah. <laughs> that that was never gonna work. I remember when they kept talking about that too because it was like, "But we have all these really great." Nirvana albums. Yeah. <laughs> like, how it, what are you doing? You're I, don't doing even, I don't know how to categorize music anymore. Like, if mm. I, maybe it's hard because we're in the time period right now, but if I were to think about, oh, you know, the music of the early 2010s, right. like, I don't know what I would, no. I don't, I can't. Oh, the music of the early 2010s is like, you know, fucking suspenders, bow ties, oh, tucked yeah, in shirts. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's like, you know, the uh, Lumineers, uh, Mumford and Sons, um, all those bands, it's all kind of acoustic. It's all like, you know, everyone got really into the Decemberist, and then now yeah. they're, they're now they're bands. So it's like whatever that would it's be like, called. So put fault, down fault. your weapons yeah. and get in my face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll call it New Folk. New Folk. We'll call it New Folk. I'll call it Growl. <laughs> <laughs> For a while, a lot of friend, yelling, a lot of My friend calls it Hey Ho. Yeah, music. a lot of that because it's a lot of, there's a lot of hey and hoes. A lot of far away from the far microphone. Yeah, it's a lot of that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, it's too bad there weren't more Jack Johnson knockoffs because I I was calling that Jazzmatazz and I really <laughs> wanted that to catch on. <laughs> I really wanted that to catch on. Jazzmatazz. I was. It was like, uh, um, yeah. The uh, for a while it was Frontier. I was. I was at Frontier Rock where it was like <laughs> where it was like Midlake and Decemberists and yeah. it was like oh, yeah. it was all these like you know. Oh, layered, my brother called it Sweet Haven Rock because it was like the people in fucking the Popeye movie. 
<laughs> and you would look at, and we liked all those bands too, but we had to call them something. We're like, yeah. these motherfuckers look like they're from Sweet Haven. Sweet Haven. Oh, that's such a. That is I mean, a I'm not one to talk. Reference. I look like you know. I don't know the fucking vampire or whatever, but yeah, but that was like the theatrics of yeah. your band. Yeah, I was just ripping off Dave Banian, but you know, so yeah, I'm not one. So that's why I can make fun of people dressing like Sweet Haven because <laughs> I had this. I predicted the whole thing too. After uh, like parade, I think somebody had asked me, like, "What are you gonna do next?" I was like, "I think I want to start dressing like fucking chimney sweeps because I think that's, <laughs> I think that's, that's what's exactly coming." It. And then no shit, like a year and a half later, it was fucking chimney sweeps. Yeah, everywhere. a lot of whistling, a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fingerless gloves. Hello. Yeah, a lot of fingerless gloves. All yeah. fingerless gloves and little hats. Yeah, <laughs> and vests. <laughs> yeah. And then your next album, like the soot is in the chimney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) when you look back now like when you see because you guys really were you know the sort of cultural movement when you look back are you like do you do do you go hey look what we were wearing or do you think of it fondly or do you think of it like ah we were kids like what is what um i kind of all of it i'm able to laugh at it i'm able to be like holy shit i can't believe i wore that that day only occasionally though but i it's super fun yeah i'm really proud of it i'm just like we wore some crazy shit like you know, I look at, especially by the time we'd gotten a parade, and I was, you know, it was just funny. It was funny to me. Were you into that stuff, like like the bands you listened to before that? Were you into, like, the bands that were all about theatrics yeah. and stuff like that? Yeah, I was. Um, actually, it's funny, though. Before I started my chem, and in college especially, I was listening to um, Supergrass, Blur. Britpop was really big for me, and that yeah. wasn't very theatrical. The performers were. No, it's actually really were, toned down. Yeah, it's yeah, toned yeah. down. You had guys like Jarvis that were very... You know, they'd move very theatrically, but um, I don't know. I guess I felt like it was missing from what I wanted to see, too. Yeah. So I wasn't actually like that at all. Like, I wasn't, I didn't wear black. I didn't, and then I just was kind of like, oh, it feels like the universe needs this. Or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a weird thing. I got well, that real... is a weird thing, too, when you see a band that, like, it's like, I'm I'm fine if the music's really good and like they're just dressed like whatever I like mm-hmm. oh they you know they needn't have bothered it's fine yeah. but it's like it's like every once in a while when I like I'll go and look at it, like a blur video and I was like oh, some of those guys in the band look like they're just like football and jocks yeah <laughs> they're just you know they're wearing fucking like Adidas gear zipped up all the way you want to identify with them a little bit yeah a little bit I miss I miss some of that I think there was a logic behind that but I guess I guess my cam was a response to a lot of things and one of them was. Um, the Britpop stuff aside, because they did have a sophistication and a class to what they were doing. They were very stylish, even if they were dressed down. But then what came kind of after that, and I guess that, like, new metal era, but even, like, the, the post-grunge or whatever the heck it was, the the bad grunge at the end, yeah. like, it gotten so t-shirt and jeans that it was just like, you know, I guess my Ken was such a response to all that. And then it was a response to that, and then also, I guess, you know, the homophobia and kind of that super macho-ness of new metal was a response. It was a response to a lot of things, you know? Yeah. Um, that is kind of testing the audiences. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It is sort of fun to, I mean, I, I, I would love to, to just sort of, to track the waves of like, you know, fifties rock, clean cut sixties. Now they're getting a little shaggy seventies. Yeah, now great. they're fucking disgusting. And then the eighties, yeah. Oh, everyone's shaved and everyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and then it's glam rock. Oh, everyone's shaggy. Oh, grunge. They yeah. lost all the glitz. Grant oh. Morrison has an entire theory on it. He's able to track it by 11 years, a period. And then it involves like, uh, the spots on the sun. And he literally will break it down for you. 
as like basically a punk and hippie, and he starts all the way back from Elvis. Wow! And, just, and it's always dead on, you know. Like grunge was actually like psychedelic, and I never thought of it that way. I always thought it was punk, and he's like, no. Well, you have to that's, be very careful because his accent is hypnotic, <laughs> and so anything he says, you're going to agree with, no matter what. I yeah. ended, I guess, because I'm like half Scottish. I've never had trouble with it. I've never. Uh, I've always been able to sink right in with it. No, I can yeah. understand it. Yeah. It's just fucking awesome. It sounds you're way right, better than right. our. It's very like it's 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 a little whispery mm-hmm. and very powerful. Like it just, <laughs> it just deep. <laughs> it is just sort voice. of pulls you in. Everything he's saying makes sense. And is super serious when he's saying it. Yeah, yeah you're right. See, my idea of power- his voice always sounds like he's right up on a mic. He's right up. My 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 idea of, of of being powerful is like I have to get louder. Like it's the wrong. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the wrong. But then you know, guys like guys like uh, Neil Gaiman and Grant. It's like they're very soft spoken yeah, and they and then just fucking command a room. <laughs> I know. Well, they it's, force you yeah. to listen. To it. They force everyone else to quiet down so they hear what this calm guy is saying. <laughs> this guy true. knows what's going on. I'm going to listen to him. That's 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 a question. Is is mm. uh, you know if you're a guy who's essentially in this isolated artistic endeavor of, of making comic books or mm. even beginning to make toys, and then all of a sudden like you're performing for ten thousand people, mm-hmm. what is does was that feel very natural to you, or did you have to sort of learn how to play into that? I felt supernatural, and I can't explain why. It was an automatic thing, like from the first show. I mean, I wasn't like great the first show, but I had I felt like I I could get really good at it. You know, like I was like, oh, I could be good at this. Oh, that's where you were before. You were saying you were about to. You were opening. Yeah. You opened for Jimmy. Yeah, World. We there for ten thousand. That was people. that was scary though. I mean, it was like a, a little. What is it? Like a stadium, but a half. You know, what do they call that shit? It's amphitheater. Like, amphitheater. It's yeah. outside and. The sun's still out, and you're just like, all right, I guess we're going to do this. And it was crazy. Did you guys dress up crazy from um, the get-go? You know, in the beginning, everybody was just kind of their own thing. Mikey always had like a little bit of a Britpop thing going on. And, you know, originally I was generally the only one wearing black. Like, I was I was kind of almost in a very damned Davini way. I was yeah. intentionally going for that. Like, I thought it was cool that we were so different. And then later on, it made sense to match. But in the beginning, like, I was kind of doing the vampire thing, and then... uh Everybody else just kind of wear T-shirts or whatever the hell they wanted. And then eventually you start to feel like a gangster, then you start to dress like a gang. And that's really what happened, you know. So It's almost know. like you're <laughs> – in a way, it's the male version of sinking periods in a weird sort of way. You all <laughs> yeah. sort of get on the same oh, sort man. of – Oh, yeah. You're hanging out so much and you get into the same kind of You thing. get in the same sort yeah. of things. And, like, I, I notice when I'm not – when I'm not around my closest friends and I'm talking to other people, I'll notice affectations and things that I know I picked up from them. Yeah. yeah. That I didn't, you know, that I just never, never occurred to Oh, yeah, before. being like, in a band is all about synced periods. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> that's why sometimes it's hard to, like, even, like, like if you, like, go and hang out with a band that's been on tour for oh, a bit. Oh, yeah. And then they're all just, they all, like, it's like, yeah. And then they all start laughing <laughs> because of a thing that happened in the van yeah. once. Yeah, because it's the only a way year to ago. Say, yeah, yeah exactly. a year ago. Oh, we were like, yeah, you just end up with weird shit, like, like a fucking rotten salami or something, like just <laughs> yeah. weird. Just like somebody would give you something, and then it would be in the van, and you'd give it a name, like, and then you make fun of it, and then you fucking throw it out on the highway at three a.m. Yeah, and then that had a name, and yeah. <laughs> so how much of a how much of a relationship mm-hmm. do you, as a band with your audience? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you're sort of growing together. There is sort of like this symbiotic evolution mm-hmm. of. We play this music. All right. Well, these people are responding to this music. So maybe do we? Do you respond more to them, and then they respond more, and then you respond more? Is it like? Do you feel the relationship like that, or is it just like 
we're gonna, we're doing this no matter what, and you can come along for the ride or not. It's always been that. It's always been this is what we're doing. You know, um, <clears throat> I guess the intent was cool to see the response and respond to. So like intent meaning, let's try to fight the good fight or do some good work out of this. Or even if it's just leaving with somebody with a good attitude or a good sentiment, it's not about having food drives per se. It's just about changing attitudes. When we would get up there, especially, I remember right before we had played this Taste of Chaos tour, it was a pretty big tour, and I noticed, you know, I noticed nobody was really, there was all these kids coming to shows, and they they wanted to believe in something, and they wanted a little bit of, not so much direction, but maybe inspiration, or, or just something, and nobody was giving it to them, you know, and I kind of felt like, well, we're up here for 40 minutes, we should do something positive in between the songs, so... Without trying to talk too much during the set, which sometimes I failed at, you know, I kind of, I kind of did that, you know. Um, it was cool; it worked out. And so, do you feel like it was you're trying to give them more of an ideology other than, oh, here's some songs that absolutely. You might like. Oh man, it was very much like that. I was pretty aggro about it too. Like, fucking do something. I remember saying mm. shit like that. Like, like I would say stuff like, "You motherfuckers need to activate." Like, you need to. Make, I don't know what that you know? means, but I want to do it. Yeah, just activate. You know, like I would try to just empower people, basically, and use the time wisely. You know, um, it was great. It was a good time. That was, I think, a really good thing that I liked about when I was getting into like you know like real positive, straight edge, hardcore stuff. Positive like, core. Yeah, but like you'd hear like you know live stuff, and they like the guys would be yelling like, "Start a scene! Start uh-huh. a scene! Like you know, make uh-huh. a band!" Like. It's like you know the, the all the, you have the opportunity now. You have the time. You have the ability. Just go and do it. Like it's a, it really is. It does mean a lot to a young kid. Yeah. When a band like that you like is just saying you can do it too. Right. Especially like they mean it. You know. And and you know I'm you know a lot of those posy core bands too. Like maybe you know they were all full of idealists and I was the same way. And eventually, if if you let it happen to you, idealists always get burned. You know. Yeah. And um. And I definitely went into Parade as an extreme idealist at that point, especially after Revenge, seeing the kind of power we could either abuse or use for good or wield and stuff. And, you know, I, I felt a little... Uh, it was, There was so many misconceptions about Black Parade. And, you know, some of it was... It wasn't crushing, per se, but it was definitely... It, it gave me perspective in reality about the world. Why do, what do you mean by... How do you mean that idealists get burned? Um, I think, well, maybe burned is the wrong word. I think you, you're fa- you're, as an idealist, you're eventually faced with a challenge. And the challenge is, you know, you, you could be an idealist and hope all this stuff is really going to work out. But eventually, if you... It's almost like if you believe too strongly in a negative way, like, it's going to let you down. If you believe in anything too strongly, eventually it will let you down. Like, your parents will let you down. Um, you know... Fucking Luke Skywalker. Actually, Luke Skywalker never let you down. <laughs> He's not almost you almost dead though. Yeah, when, but he didn't. His dad didn't let him down either. Yeah, yeah. he got saved. Yeah, yeah, even at the end, he pulled it together. He did yeah. pull it together. Yeah. See, we don't as comedians, we don't really have the opportunity to like in the middle of a set and be like, and then that's when I wore my dick like a watch. Yeah. <laughs> you can really get out there and help your community. <laughs> um, you can really I mean, do something. Don Rickles does it. Play it's all train. about love. It's all about yeah. love. Look at these Jews, Don. Uh, please. Yeah. Uh, 
exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, there was a bit of that, though. Like, I would be like, you know, go out and do something positive. All right, this song's about getting fucked in jail. <laughs> I was all of the time, you know. See, because if you don't do something positive, you yeah, could end up in I would jail. Say all that. Yeah, it all it, sort it of weaves. connects, yeah. It all sort of weaves together in some way. But it is pretty, you know, it's pretty, pretty staggering uh, just being a... Being a YouTuber as I am, mm. and then you sort of then you look at my Chemical Romance video views. I'm laughing because it's so fucking funny. It's like 65 million. It's crazy. 50 million. I mean, and there was a gap for a while because there was like that weird, you know, pissing match between record companies and a lot of them. I'm not just thinking. Oh yeah, they were pulling down between YouTube, yeah. and so there was like it's still like crazy. Like every time you just use my Apple TV to see teenagers. <laughs> pop up because it's still like the most viewed or it's close you know whatever it's, I don't know if it's pretty insane though I mean it. like it's 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 hard to get a million people mm-hmm. to watch one thing mm-hmm. but 65 million people is a staggering amount it's like is 20% of the population of this country <laughs> yeah a lot of that though is a testament to kids not buying music necessarily as right. much as they are just going to YouTube to listen right. to the song they like over and over again yeah. Right, you know that's a lot of repeat stuff that you don't necessarily it's find. Still in a, lot a lot. Does it? Did, I mean, in sort of. I mean, you really, you guys really grew with the digital revolution. I mean, we you, did. You, you have about the same lifespan as like broadband. <laughs> yeah, we. Yeah, we. we it was kind of <laughs> crazy. No, we actually had to do a Nightline interview once or something, uh, or Dateline. I can't remember which one. They're like the same thing, I guess. But one um, of the lines. One of the lines. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, <laughs> Because of that, they were like, so we were literally like, we're prime example and literally the first band to give away stuff because we couldn't, you know, uh, pay to press. Like we, you know, we're on a very small label. So it was just like, just take it. We don't care. Trade it. And we generally, you know, felt that way for a long time. Um, Did uh, that change? Not really. Not really much. You know, we always felt like if you, if you like something you should support it because eventually like well because it got to a point where i was like building fucking muscle cars and ray guns and shit like it was getting like black parade wasn't cheap so you know it wasn't free my my ideas they started to get so expensive right ambitious that then that's when like you would feel the sting of that where it was just like i know but guys like we know you know we'd like to share our art but this you know this uniform like Colleen Atwood made this <laughs> this is really expensive it's really expensive you know on, guys and then we went out and did the tour of it and again like we were warned like you guys are probably gonna break even we're like we don't give a fuck and we had like zeppelins and <laughs> Jesus spark showers and, you know and so then at that point, I think it was just like, come on, guys, like, buy the record or something. Like, you're all here. <laughs> we'll put a big show together for you. Like, I mean, you did buy a ticket, so I guess that works out. Yeah. But... Buy a t-shirt. But yeah, buy something. It is, it record, is... La- record label's getting mad at us. You guys, yeah. that, re- that, le- that record actually, in, despite the climate, like, that record did really well. And then... Um, you know, I'm, I mean, I, I think you should, you should, yeah, you should support art just because it's easy to steal. Like, it, it's not easy to go steal a piece of art in a fucking museum. So then that's wrong. It's just as wrong to steal art, you know. Yeah. I think that, I, <laughs> I like the idea of, like, you're you're the cool teacher for a while and then yeah. you start to really, and you're like, mm. guys, it is not cheap to get a chimp to parachute right. from the outer right. atmosphere. Right. You all loved it, so come on. Because at first it was like, I got these pants at Lady Gap, and I did my makeup in a, <laughs> in a truck stop. To be here for you this week, it cost $30. 
and and then and then that outfit lasted an entire tour unwashed. So it wasn't even like I spent thirty dollars a day to be on stage. It wasn't thirty dollars to live for seven months in the same clothes. Right. And then you know you know and then after a while yeah I got you know socks got expensive. Does it does it, <laughs> do socks every night? These gold socks keep on losing their fucking luster. The socks they dry cleaning. So in in a sense is success a bad thing or is it just part of the evolution? It's like well you know you're gonna. You kind of got to go through this, and in some ways you'll burn out, but it's yeah, sort of like... Yeah, totally agree with that. Well. I think it's a great way to look at it. I think it's. I think it happens or it doesn't, and it. it's also... It's like driving a car. It's a killer. It can kill you, but it could be awesome. Like, uh, <laughs> it could also run out of gas, so... You never know. You never know. Because um, you yeah. guys are officially not a band Yeah, yeah, we anymore. broke up... Uh, I think it's been like three months. I think it's been three months. Yeah. Yeah. In a good in a good way, like oh, we should all just move on. Or Absolutely, was it? Oh, okay. yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean it wasn't painful, and it doesn't mean you know. Well, th- you know, we all do care about each other. It was nothing dramatic. It it it, it was time, you know, even if it was maybe uh, differing of opinions on when that time should be or anything. I mean, that's you know. Um, but it you know we. We still stay in touch, and okay. we, you know, we like each other. As we, we're excited to see what each other do. You know, I'm really excited about that, uh, just to see what people do. Worst headline that you saw. Worst punny headline that you saw. Uh, I'm gonna guess My Chemical Breakup. Oh, that was yeah, because that that might have been the worst one, because it was almost like, oh, I get it, but it's not even that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> I get it, but it's not that good. <laughs> you gotta reach higher. No one, um, no one's chemical romance. romance. <laughs> yeah, hey. yeah. Romance is over. I for my chemical romance, that was the honeymoon. It was all really awesome shit to read. I got to be honest. Like, <laughs> it was all really cool. Like, I don't know. Like, I guess I didn't really realize what kind of cultural impact we had had. You know, that had nothing to do with calling it a day either. But to to get all that feedback and be like. Wow, people really liked what we did, and they they feel like something's missing, you know. At the show, uh, me and my friend do here on Wednesdays. There was like a like right when you guys broke up. Uh, uh, I think it was like the day I heard there was a girl in the front row wearing a My Chemical Romance shirt, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Did you hear?" And then she started to well up, and oh. I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry." <laughs> it's comedy show, comedy show, comedy show. Don't wear the shirt if you don't want me to ask you about <laughs> yeah, it. Then you yeah. got in her face, yeah, yeah. idiot. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Your fault. You made me do this. <laughs> you probably made them break up. Yeah. You caused them to break up. <laughs> like you just see, you just yeah. see her throw up her own heart. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a whole like there's a whole group of people who also grew up with you. Yeah. You know, did. like they all you were all sort of like. There's a little bit of uh, like a little rascals kind of thing. For like you sure. all kind of you all kind of grew up together. And I, and I feel like every time the band succeeded it or failed at something, so did they. And I think that's awesome, you know. Um, and that's why you know it's it was so such a blow for them, you know. I think it would have been. I don't know. I guess the way I feel about a lot of stuff like that, band breakups, is you know I think it preserves the idea to call it when it's time. You know, you keep doing it and eventually, I don't know, do something that's not genuine. Well, there's a certain know. amount of there's a certain amount of <laughs> luck or astrology or something. Like, you know, a band can release an amazing album mm-hmm. and then everyone's like, this is the fucking greatest band in the world. And then their next album can be identical and then people go, oh, they didn't grow at all. Right. Or people can go, hey, too much. more great right. stuff. Or they can, try, they can experiment 
And then people are like, what are you fucking doing? Right. You know, so you really, there is this sort of weird, I guess, accidental relationship that you have to have where you're in phase somehow, where your waves are in phase with people however you grow or turn. Absolutely. And I don't know how that's, I don't know what the secret, I mean, no one knows the secret yeah. to that. Yeah, there's no way to predict it or... Yeah, it's real. It's weird because like certainly when with bands I like, like I mean, like the weaker thens have been pretty much putting out the same album every mm -hmm. time they ever put. But like I love that album, yeah, and I'll yeah. continue to buy it every time they put it out. Uh, and then, but, but then you know, some people get upset. Like the last Strokes album, everyone's like, "More of the same. Fuck this. I'm right. out." You know? Yeah, it's a weird thing. You know? But yeah, but yeah. There's these moments that can happen. I spoke to Grant a lot about it too. Like especially Black Parade was like kind of right on this weird pulse at the moment and it's like you know there is an astrology involved it's like kind of right time right place right sentiment like and it's kind of what you know you end up expressing hopefully what a lot of people just needed to express at that moment and that's great music bad music new metal any kind of music <laughs> like you know when new metal got huge like people needed that for some reason you know they needed to break stuff they needed to break stuff and so they broke a lot of shit what if we just did it what if we just did it all new metal leads to phenomena leads to phenomena it really does what is inside my phenomena well that's like you know I always love I always love going back and looking at those moments in time that were accidental like just you know, reading about when OK Computer came out. Yeah. It was like, oh, it was just right time, right, every, the right sentiment, digital age coming mm -hmm. in. They sort of captured this weird kind of cultural ennui that people needed to, they just fucking happened to catch it. Yeah, they yeah, they caught it. They were on tour. And it always happens because of a band. And, I, you know, it's funny, too, because if you track, that was, so the Benz was their second album. So they toured a lot, and people liked them. And so then they really saw the world. They made their first album. They're still a relatively small band, even though they had a fucking massive hit, Creep. Um, but that could have been it. It could have been yeah. it, yeah. And then so Ben's was great, though. So then they're touring the world, and then you gain a perspective from doing that in your second album, I believe. And then, um, you know, they made OK Computer, like based off that, all the shit they went through just touring Ben's. And that's kind of like, you know, Black Parade was basically the result of touring years on revenge and like then the world view you see and you're just like oh i, I get it now i think or, or at least i've i've really forged my world view and now i can put it out and you you know sometimes you never hit that again but the point is you're not supposed to like why do you want to keep doing that you want to keep like having these cultural booms it's not really i don't think it's about that because you can't plan them so yeah you know, why and you can't. It? You shouldn't chase it. No, because people know. People know if you're they trying do. to chase it because they. It's then it's too intentional. Uh -huh. Yeah, then it's too pandering and, and intentional. Yeah, t-shirts and sloganeering and you know trying to start movements and stuff and yeah. Which work. is really all anti the stuff that apparently they preach right. early on. Like I was, I am always fascinated by the idea of you know of punk of sort of like that sort of punk idea of like yeah man I'm fucking. I'm, I'm, you know, for lack of a better term, raging against the machine, and then all of a sudden you get to a certain point, and it's like, well, you're kind of the machine now. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. What are you still raging against? Like, do you fight that, or do you, or you, or is it sort of like, or is it sort of like Krusty, Krusty the Clown? Like, hey, have you seen the Canyon Arrow? <laughs> you know, yeah. 
They banked a truck full of money up to my house. <laughs> I think you fight it. You know, again, like, I, I feel like we were even a response to that. Because I, at a certain point, like, I would meet old punker dudes that really got it and loved it. You know, it was always like the trusty punks that didn't get it that were just, you know. That is a fucking great name for your next band. <laughs> trusty punks. <laughs> the trusty punks. <laughs> Those are the ones I didn't get. But I would meet guys in all these amazing um, 90s bands, uh, Fat Records bands from when I was a kid. And they all loved it. Like, I remember Fat Mike coming to see us and being like, that was like seeing fucking Kiss when I was 15. It was awesome. Oh, that's rad. He'd like, lo- yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I was listening to No Effects on the Way Here. I'm a huge fan of him and uh, and the whole band, you know. Um so, uh, yeah, yeah, you, and guys like him, obviously, they understand that you can be part of the problem, and they call it out a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah, you know? a band like No Effects is like, you know, the, guy, the guys, you know, they got, like, the label's got millions. Yeah. And, you know, he still f- figures out a way to make it work within the ideals, and, you know, it's a struggle, it seems, but it's, you know, it's Well, possible. I think, I, I think my, my guess is that as long as you have kind of an honest, authentic relationship to your audience, mm-hmm. they'll follow you if, as long as they know you're not bullshitting them. Yeah, and I mm-hmm. think the second they feel like, nah, I don't know, then then I think that's where you lose people. I don't, you know, I'm guessing. No, no, you're 100 percent right. And I like, just don't know how to. It's easy to you can fall into these trappings too. You could end up in scenarios where you don't, you don't, and nobody really plans for this. Or maybe some people do because their goal is to get into a band and make make millions of dollars. But let's say it wasn't. You could still end up in that scenario and like, you know, well. Where is, this is my beautiful house or whatever. Yeah, like you're yeah. in a talking talking head song at that point. You're just like, what the fuck happened? Like, why is this house so big? Where's my family? Right, <laughs> you're like, I yeah. can't even see them. You're like, why am I driving a fucking Porsche? Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, you know, when it, Jaguars are far superior <laughs> to cars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and having said that, I really like nice cars. And as the word Porsche came out of my mouth. I was like, Chris drives a Jag. I don't. Um, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you need to be. You need, I need to oh. step down the preacho meter a little bit because <laughs> I personally don't need to be driving a Porsche when basically it's a Beetle, and so I drive a Beetle. Uh, there you go. Um, Good save. So oh, anyway, yeah, but Chris, Chris is a real car nut. You should see him on the weekends with Jay Leno. Just, just, love, to taking, up, just love to get up under the yeah, hood. I love it, man. Oh man. Just have my wife talk to you about how many fucking cars I've been through. I have nowhere to talk. I could have had, yeah, I could. Like, at this point, I'm like, I could have got a Lamborghini. <laughs> I just got, like, ten cars I didn't like. Yeah. I lost a lot of money just on them. I should have just got up. the fucking Ferrari to start with. Anyway. I just, I, you know, I thought I would try out the snazzy car for a couple years, but honestly, I'll drive by, like, a like a Cube or something. I'm like, that's a cool car. Oh, so you're that's like really me. Cool. You're like me. Yeah, that's what happens to me. I'll be like. I'll, and then I'll try to figure out in my brain how to get out of the one I'm in. Sometimes I try to bring ethics or morals into it. <laughs> Just it's like, oh no, I need to, I need to dial it down. I need to. I need Starving to... children in the world. Yeah. What car would they want me? To yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. I remember being in Japan because everybody in, drives cubes fucking everywhere, and I was like, that is a cool car. It's cool. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a cool car. I'm wondering. I'm the same way. Is there anything? Do, do you feel like that everyone got what you were trying to say, or did you? Do you feel like that there was a piece of your band that you feel like fuck? No one ever picked up on this one thing mm. that it was so personal that maybe they just didn't pick up on it. Do you feel like it, everything that they got everything? I think they. Re- I think for the most part, especially like the fans that really did get it, they totally got it. I, you know, and then the people in in I guess music journalism, they really got it too. For the most part, like the ones that weren't trying to turn us into a suicide cult to sell papers or magazines like all the sensationalism aside um like they really did get like the grandeur the art the spectacle 
like the glamour, the death, the live fast, die young. They they got all that. Like you can read it all. It's it's really cool. And the and the kids got that too. And they also got that. Yeah, like we're here to do something uh, important, but that doesn't mean we have to be super serious about it. Well, does that then? Do what sort of social responsibility do you feel if 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 there is a message of like live fast, die young, and then right. some guys like. I'm gonna fucking kill myself just like you would want. And you're like, right. no, 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 no. You're that's literally don't. Please. Yeah. Like, how do you? Well, the point is, you grow out of that real early, and then you know, even when I felt that way, I didn't really preach that. It was in the music for sure, and definitely in the energy of the music was the. I, you know, I was such a drug addict at one point. Like, I didn't think I was gonna make it to thirty, and then you make it there, and you're just like, whoa, I want to live. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to die. Yeah, because when you're when you're growing up, it's like you know. Time is just this bottomless pit mm. <laughs> that never ends. Never ends. And it doesn't. Yeah. And then, then, and then, yeah. And then you hit thirties, and you're like, I, th- I think I'm, I think I'm almost at the halfway point. Yeah. <laughs> and, then you, and you just I sort of feel, feel it on your chest. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, we're still rage, raging, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think they got you know they even got like some of the uh, in it you know some of it's pretty buried or hidden, but they got that stuff too for the most part. I think. Um, I mean, it was always just like you know, be yourself, really loud, you know, be good to each other. It was super simple. Um, uh, you know, occasionally there was stuff like you know, very recently I've noticed um, people missed the point a lot of the stage persona, or you How know, so? um, you know, there's there's this attitude of basically um, like, okay, well, if you're on stage and you've uh, you know, make out with another dude from your band on stage to bum out a bunch of homophobes that are in the audience, which was always the goal. Like, (laughs) you know, there's, you know, I understand fandoms are there to, you know, write fiction and explore stuff and have fun with it. But there comes a point where it's like, you do know that's not real. And like, you do know, it's not that anybody's faking it because for that, you know, moment with its intent to bum somebody out, that's a real intent. Like that's, you know, so there was a little bit of that I've noticed recently that got missed. It was almost that that was the the only but I don't even again, I don't think these are people that are like hardcore fans or get the right thing out of the band anyway. Like if you just basically are just like a cute boy band poster on the wall, like you're not getting the right thing out of the band. So if if you know, all you're into with the band was, you know, challenging homophobia that that stuff but which you saw as something else like something it was it's basically it's not designed to get you the fuck off it's designed to <laughs> it's designed to fucking bum somebody out you know um and challenge stuff which is a lot of what i thought our job was up there was to challenge constantly ideas and you know things like that so there was there was you know i mean it started with the makeup it started there like yeah. i i can assure you like there are many guys i ripped off and looked up to like Dave Hanian and stuff, David Bowie that had done it before and maybe probably done it better. But at that moment when we were a baby band, nobody was doing it. There was, you know, that, like I said, I had to get pants from Lady Gap because you couldn't get small jeans, black, you couldn't wear tight shirts. Like they just didn't exist. You go into the Gap and just be like, fucking. That's where all my skinny friends when I was in bands with, they would all shop at Lady Gap. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I couldn't because I was like a fat kid. So I would just be like, I would wear like a big, like weird Al shirt, lady gap. Just I was like, I had to look different. <laughs> Old Navy girl section, and and my buddies in Thursday, they they were all wearing uh, 
diesel jeans but women's yeah because that yeah, was they did that, that was too. a thing because that, that cut didn't exist you had to buy women's skinny jeans, jeans. Yeah. To get, yeah it was all well, it's all my friends did that yeah. all the late 90s early 2000s mm-hmm. so you know it started with that stuff and it was like there was nobody doing that there was nobody putting on i mean i used to get pretty scared too because i'd be in a truck stop in the midwest <laughs> oh. putting fucking makeup on about to play a meth lab you know, and just like fuck, I'm gonna get killed tonight. There was definitely some nights where I thought I was gonna get killed. Uh, we were on tour once, uh, my band, like, and, and we were going. We were in Northern California, Wairika, something like that. Oh yeah, like, meth capital of California. Some, yeah, just like, but like loggers too. Like we went to a Black Bear Diner. Like we'd been driving oh, cool. all night, mm-hmm. and we like stopped to go to a Black Bear Diner, and we walked in, and I, I don't, I know for a fact that I didn't hear it, but like I could have sworn like a record scratch. Oh yeah, you know, stop because <laughs> it was just all these burly bearded dudes and flannel yeah. all of them like that are there before work just turning on all of us who are just like these skinny emaciated long hair oh that's like, it yeah like wearing like polyester like all, all of us in the band wore like these tight polyester shirts and just you know and it, like it was just like oh let's mm-hmm. not eat here but yeah. i think if you're weird enough they'll go oh it's a band like you know the, i feel like they'll they don't want trouble especially really. around i don't know if like a band people, even yeah. like came into their head and they uh and then that's when you died there's, yes, there's a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. you've but been dead this whole time. We didn't get service for like we sat there for 20 minutes before anyone ever came. That is the worst. I am so sorry. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine, Chris. Uh, but like to to sit in an empty 20 restaurant. 20 minutes. <laughs> hey, how's your uh, chai lattes? Do you want to tell us about the times that they messed it up? Uh, Jonah, this is a non-fat decaf latte. It's Whoops. not a chai. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't like the way they make chais at the one on Pass Avenue. We had a gig to make. We had a gig. <laughs> you were almost late. You're so pretty not get a stick, didn't you? <laughs> it was breakfast. We had been driving all night. Oh, okay. All right. I'm sorry. Oh, you would have fucking you would have killed somebody. I if would you had not to make have 20, killed. To wait twenty minutes somewhere, you, you would go in to be this monster because one time I was really tired and I got snippy because Ken's Artisan Bakery didn't have their delicious ham and cheese croissant, which is the best fucking croissant <laughs> in the United States, and they didn't wait, have that's it. A, that's a it? second it's thing. It's in Portland. It's that's a second thing that you just brought up. What? <laughs> what do you mean? The I was talking about the time you've, uh, you've uh, you kind of went apeshit. Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're my... Sometimes yeah. I'm impatient. Yeah. <laughs> no, not the microphone. <coughs> Please don't ruin the microphone. You're my best friend. <laughs> Listen, we're not perfect, and I say we so I don't feel like it's just me. <laughs> you know, you know, how people do that thing where they yeah. include other people uh-huh. to try to so they don't feel like they're yeah. just an annihilation. Listen, we're all under a lot of stress right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's that, trying yeah. to run a, this company. Yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> we got a lot of growing up to do. <laughs> Everyone needs that chai latte at three o'clock, <laughs> guys. <laughs> not alone. <laughs> I'm doing it for the kids. <laughs> they want me to be sugared up and caffeinated <laughs> with a delicious beverage. What was up with Chris tonight? I don't think Jonah let him get that chai latte. I just. Uh... <laughs> We're not in this together. <laughs> um, when you look back at the twelve years that you mm. guys were a band, do you feel like do you is there, is there something now that you understand that you didn't understand then, where you go, oh, I guess we were doing this thing that I didn't realize oh, until re- until in retrospect. That's a great question. Maybe you'll maybe maybe it'll start to sink in over the you know the coming months and the years, and you'll start to as you gain perspective. I just find that wisdom provides a retrospective clarity. 
that you, you know, where you go, oh, I was really trying to express these ideas and I didn't realize it at the time that mm-hmm. I, cause it was, it was just what you were making yeah, yeah. and you're not aware of it or conscious of it. There's tons of that happening every day. You know, like I started when I knew the van, yeah, I started using my Twitter a lot. Um, like a lot. Like I think people that are friends with me have me on mute or don't follow me anymore. <laughs> um, because I found that when the band broke up, it was good for them the ones that were upset at least, and it was good for me to sit and actually listen to this stuff because some of it I hadn't listened to since it was, like, um, like mastered. Like, because then I'm performing it every night. I don't listen. I don't sit around listening to the records I, I make. I do up until the release, like, all day, every day when I'm working on them. But anyway, um, so then I would listen to this stuff, and um, it was really, like, so every day there's some kind of revelation or I, I learned something by either something a kid had said or listening to the music and going like I remember listening to Revenge I was like holy shit I'm really pissed off I don't remember what I was so mad about hmm. but but at the time that's just, yeah. that's just sort of what came out was really, like, that yeah. is kind of interesting is this the song is just being this weird sort of emotional <laughs> horcrux yeah. that you've sort of that you've left somewhere that at the time you look back and go oh I don't know why I really cared about that thing so much I guess, <laughs> I guess that's I mean I guess that's I guess in that that's part of that it's sort of Maybe part of it dies when it comes yeah. out of you. Like yeah. even the last song on Danger Days called Vampire Money, I was listening to it and I was like, Man, I was really mad about Twilight. Why was I so <laughs> mad about this? <laughs> How many reasons do you want? How many yeah, reasons do you want? Eventually I was like, Oh, it's just not for me. I get it. Yeah. It's yeah. not designed that's, for me. That's like the the thing a huge thing about maturity and like entertainment, it's just like Instead of getting angry about it, you just go, yeah, it's not for me. It's not for me. It's this for this me. is clearly not fucking aimed at me. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's almost like, yeah, it's like you should almost feel ashamed of yourself for thinking everything should be aimed at you. Yeah, yeah. And you should be ashamed of yourself for criticizing something that you know isn't for you. Yeah. Or going on to, online and being like, this thing sucks. Or like, why are you even talking about it? Right. Right. Yeah. It was funny, too, though. Uh, although uh, I made a joke about being mad about Twilight, I actually wasn't. Like, I actually felt a lot of those lyrics in that song in particular are really sympathetic towards the people that act in those films. I would think about them a lot. And I was like, they must go through some gnarly shit. Because I only had a taste of what the, those two people probably go through, or three, because there's three that are really popular from them. Yeah, there's right? Jacob, too. Okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry. <laughs> it's got fitting. It can't. I had to watch a cut of it's the... I don't even remember which one it was. It's like a book. <laughs> I don't remember which one it was, but it was the one that it was like, you should you should do... And they didn't really give a shit who did it. The people that made... <laughs> they just wanted somebody to do it. It's not like they were banging down my door. Record labels were banging down their door. Like right. It was an opposite thing. So they were never like calling me up like, are, are you going to really give us a song? They didn't give a fuck who it was. They just want to <laughs> put their movie out. You know, right. They want... I'm sure they're happy to have, like, fucking Muse do it, you know? Um, it was an amazing band. So, anyway, I'm watching a cut, and they're in the tent. And I think she has hypothermia or something. <laughs> the whole movie is just basically, like, blue balls for teenage girls. <laughs> like, like it, it seriously is. You're just sitting there like, oh, fuck. One of these people are going to fuck, right. you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> they better do it soon, or somebody's oh, going to die. They never know? fuck. They never fuck. They're going to die fuck. again. Yeah, yeah. That's why I thought about the first Harry Potter. Wait. Hey, hang yeah. on a second. Whoa, what the? Uh, we got to take out that blue balls for teenage girls thing, man. I'm going to get in so much trouble for saying that. What are that. you talking about? That's... so offensive. No, it's not Okay, whatever. Offensive. So anyway, they're in, the, they're in the fucking tent. <laughs> they're in the tent, and she's got hypothermia, and then, because he's a vampire, he can't warm her up, so Homeboy takes his shirt off, the werewolf, 
Um, that's Jacob, right? Jacob takes his shirt off and he just turns to Edward and says, "Well, I'm hotter than you anyway." Jesus. And I was like, "That's so good." I was actually really psyched on that. I was like, "Wow, now they're actually making fun of the real world reaction to this film." <laughs> uh, I thought it was kind of next level. I still haven't seen a Twilight movie because I just, uh, I you know, when, when I see bad CG in a movie, it's it's hard for me to like when I see it in the trailer and I go, I just get very unforgiving. Like, you guys could have made this good. Mm-hmm. You could have made this look good. There's a lot of other stuff that makes it not good. And I know, but yeah. at least the CG could have been good. But then I go, but then that's where I go, not for me. Not for me. Yeah. Not for so, me. yeah, with the maturity that we're talking about, yeah, that's exactly it. Like, I've hit a point now in my life where I'm like, not everything is for me. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever think, yeah. like, when you, when, you, when you started writing comics again, uh, like, when you know, when you're doing Umbrella Academy, did you think, like, I shouldn't put my name on it because I don't want people to have a preconceived idea before they even see it? For sure, because, so literally, we had a lot of discussions at Dark Horse, because <clears throat> I felt really confident. I was really proud of it, let's put it that way. And I knew it was a real legit comic that I had gone through many drafts and really wrote scripts for. So I was very proud of that. And um, when we talked about, like, the band and the involvement, like, literally the only time the band name was mentioned was on the cover previews when uh, shop owners could read it in order and be like, well, maybe this will bring some kids in, you know? Other than that, I think it ran a, the back page of one ad of something in a Dark Horse comic, and that was it. We never talked about I mean, obviously ended up talking about it a lot, but never talked about it again, never pushed it that way, because I just wanted it to get a fair shake, and uh, it did. I was really happy with the, um, <clears throat> with the reaction, and to answer a question I think you asked a long time ago, um... I was worried, like you talked about the Rob Zombie thing, and yep. I, I was definitely worried that I was going to get some of that backlash. And it, and I guess, not backlash, but um, hesitation. That's not the right fucking word. No, but, but people do have a tendency to go, no, you are in this box in my head. Right. How can you be in two boxes? Sure. And that made sense. So I totally, it was, it was like warranted, you know, like... How are they supposed to know that I I went to SVA and interned at DC and drew comics and you know they don't they don't know that stuff so so I get it um, so then we were they were, we were just very careful because of that so at first there was like a every review of Umbrella Academy issue one starts with yeah I didn't think I was gonna like this because fill in the blank it's the same paragraph and then it goes into <laughs> <laughs> either they did like it or they didn't after that so um so that was really cool so then it did get a fair fair shake it was really cool and then we just ended up the reviews by the time it was issue three or whatever they stopped mentioning the band it was pretty cool that's great so you proved them wrong and then that was it yeah and and luckily i don't think there was too many of them that went into it with any ill will like not wanting to like it per se i I didn't read too much of that stuff you know well that's good and then almost, almost in a way it's you know maybe people came in with that idea of like you know not having any expectations, yeah, and then and then, and then they were able to be <clears throat> surprised. That actually, I I think expectation is a really powerful weapon that you can use in your arsenal <laughs> as an artist. And that that wasn't the first time I used it. So going into it, I was like, all right, a lot of people think this is gonna suck, but I know it's pretty good because I worked really hard on it, and it's it is actually really good. So because of that, it'll have this weird boomerang elastic effect where then everybody will fucking love it, which kind of pretty much happened with it. <laughs> like, a lot of people love that book. It's like, you know, so, like, I don't think there's a week goes by where I don't end up talking about Umbrella Academy, you know? And a similar thing actually did happen with Parade. So when we did Revenge, everybody was like, yeah, this is like a fucking screamo makeup band, whatever. And I was like, aha, but what you don't know is, like, we're going to dress up like, you know, marching band dudes and <laughs> get really super <laughs> weird and blow shit up. 
And so it created again, and obviously the work was good that we did, the band did with that record, but it created this thing where the expectation, again, was so fucking low because all they expected was dudes in black hair, you know, screaming and crying and get this other thing, and people really liked it because of that, you know. So you could kind of always play with expectation, I think. You can't do it too much. If you try to, if you think you're good at it, it's when you fail at it, you know. That is, that is that, yes, we always, we always talk about this on the show that, um, you know, the jokes that you write where you're like, this is going to fucking slaughter. Mm-hmm. It almost never slaughters uh-huh. <laughs> because it's too, I don't know. It just, yeah. I don't know if it, if, I think if something slaughters too much in your own head, it's just too inside your own head. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. I mean, I there, think, it just know. has too many of its own reference points in your own head that other people are not privy to, and then they just can't, it just, it's just not relatable. Not relatable, yeah. Yeah. It's easy to become non, not relatable. Too, it can happen. I guess so, uh, but it, but, but then, then, then the downside is if you think in those terms, then you're not, then it's not organic because you're mm-hmm. trying to write too much for an audience. Yeah, ah, uh, it's just a, it's just, a, yeah. it's, it really is better to. Um, I don't, uh, I don't really have. I, I played golf when I was in uh, high school because my mm-hmm. grand, my grandfather was a golfer, and I, that's, I loved him, and we bonded that way. When I grew up, we played golf a lot, mm-hmm. and I would always find when I played golf a lot. I would get worse and worse and worse and worse because I was thinking more and more about right. every little mechanic of every little thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my backswing's got to be this. I got to turn my hips. I got to do this. Then I would go away for like six months and forget everything and come back and do great because mm-hmm. I had forgotten to worry about every yeah. little micromanaged everything. And then it was just sort of back in the moment again. Yeah, that works that way, yeah. yeah. Like, I was making comics before I went to school to make comics. When I got out of school for making comics, I wasn't making them anymore. Like, there's <laughs> a... And I don't regret the art school training or anything. It definitely rounded me, and I got... All, it was a fine art degree, too, so I got to learn a lot of cool shit as well. But, like, if you do it, and you're good at it, and you love it, why, why are you going to go to school for it? Just keep fucking doing it. And, you know, just get better at it. So, yeah, because at 15, I was making comics. So I just could, I should have just kept making them, got a shit job, kept making them. And, but, you know, that's fine. So that's kind of what happened with the music thing was I didn't get any training intentionally. Like, I, I kept it very pure and very naive. And because of that, it just was like, you know, because I was good at it, I think it just went. So, and I didn't, I didn't do the training thing. I met a lot of people with training and they're, um, you know, with like a hardcore training, and it's almost like too much. They have so much training that they know all the chess moves already, and you can't discover something. You know? Do so. you think that uh, are are you looking to is something like Umbrella Academy going to be a movie or a, a, like if you've done anything else? <clears throat> um, well, it got option. It got option like the weekend. Even though it was right before it won the Eisner, it got option basically that weekend, pretty much like before the Eisners even happened. Like there was so much buzz about it. It was optioned as a film by Universal, and I've had a pretty cool relationship with them. Like, I think it's a very challenging comic to make into a film because I really think when it comes down to it at the end of the day, it's it's like um, it's kind of more of a study in storytelling than it is a story in a lot of ways. There is a story there for sure, but it, to me it's like I, I, I enjoyed playing with the mechanics and the conventions, and it was, yeah, it was just like a weird study, I thought. So it makes for a difficult film. So I heard I don't know if this is true or not, but mm-hmm. someone on Twitter said that uh, that Lock and Key is back as a like someone's going to try to make it as a movie again, mm-hmm. um, which I hope is the case. 
because I fucking love. I haven't read Lock and Key. I read, so but I read. I know I've been dying to read it. That's Joe Hill, right? That's Joe Hill. Yeah. I read his first book. I was very excited about it because, for two reasons, I love Stephen King and I love the fact he changed his name. That was awesome. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. He like gave himself a different name. I his own identity. So, he, gave he gave himself, himself his own, yeah. and he didn't. You know, and again, he he didn't capitalize. He didn't. You know, they didn't put his dad's name on anything. He just was like, fuck it. Like, you know, I'm going to put this out and see what happens. And that first book, you know, Heart Shaped Box is great. And then um, he just sent me his new one I got to read. Um, but I haven't read his comics his comic yet, you know. But that happens. It, movies are, or comics are weird like that. Like, I mean, you, you're around shit tons of them. So especially the Comic Cons and stuff. So, like, it'll be a lot of heat on it. Then the heat will go away. And then all of a sudden somebody will get a hair up their ass and be like, what is this comic that my kid gave me? I'm going to make this a movie. And then... Like, all over again. The cycle begins. And then, yeah. yeah. You know. Um, and then, uh, personally, how you feel like you're doing? You feel good overall? <laughs> Everything good? <laughs> I feel great. Seriously. Good. I'm I'm doing fucking awesome. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it was a really crazy ride. I've really... Um, you got I, you got through it? I got through it. I feel like I survived, and I feel like that, you know, I did right by the people that believed in it. And that's, like, a really good feeling to wake up and look at yourself in the mirror and just feel fucking awesome. Well, it's really important yeah. when, you know, I mean, you, you and I have had some of the same struggles, I think. And, but just in terms of, um, uh, you know, whenever someone like you sort of gets through substance stuff and you come out the other side, it's helpful to people to go... Oh, I, I can be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, for people who think maybe they can't ever again. Right. When you're in it, it's sort of weird. You're like, you're just in it. Yeah. I, you know, as the, the way that I kind of, all right, a lot of people end things badly, right? And basically in rock and roll, rock and roll is a crazy thing. There's, there's a few ways out, but there's death. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's some dark ways out of that when you're feel trapped and there's there's suicide there's death there's drug overdose there's drug addiction for life to sustain you to keep you in a fog the rest of your life there's so many ways you could eddie in the cruisers that shit and just like fucking <laughs> take off and disappear into the woods there's so many things but i it's very rare that you'll see any group or people come and say hey you know what i know that we could probably headline a giant festival next year but we're gonna stop now like why wait till till it stops meaning something and Nobody kind of says, like, I quit like that in a good way. Like, or I resign. I resign because this is, you know, I want to protect this for you and for myself, actually. Yeah. The band did it. What's that? The band. The band. The band called The Band. They did, like, they had 10 years in and then they decided to quit. And then they. uh, Oh, that's why I was so confused because he kept saying. The band, yeah, the, bad uh, SEO by the I way. Know. They're very tough to Google. So they they did they had a great run. They had and a they great were... run. They decided they were going to call it quits, and they did this uh, huge show that was uh, turned into a movie called The Last Waltz, oh, uh, awesome. directed by Scorsese. Oh shit! Yeah. I didn't even see that. Yeah, it's a uh, it's really good. It's, it's a really it's good really rare. It's a rare yeah. thing to see, and I think that's why the media response was so awesome to it. And why people like weird people that I thought didn't like us were coming out of the woodworks, or like people that would normally be like, "Oh, that guy would have shoved me in a locker." Like, yeah. um, you know, I'm really bummed they're gone. <laughs> Those makeup wearing dudes, I'm kind of bummed. Was that a, was that a weird thing to like? You know, I've read interviews with uh, Fat Mike, and you know, like a lot of guys that just are these bands that you know an audience will come that they don't necessarily would ever get along with. 
Mm-hmm. Does that would that always like? Uh, I mean, that was like kind of why you did the making out with band members on stage was to kind of like fuck with them. But I think we even talked to. Um, That's also why we stopped too. I like to point out at a certain point. Not that it was ever. It was never a planned thing. Yeah. But then it was off limits once we start. So literally, once we started to notice people were getting kind of amped on it. Yeah, that's always when we would stop something anyway. Though. Yeah, it's like, oh, you like this? <laughs> yeah, oh, let me light this on yeah. fire. Then. Fuck you, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can track the minute where we stop. Yeah, but like Rage Against Machine, you know, Tom like Morello. talked about. Yeah, Tom Morello, mm-hmm. uh, like also said the same thing. Where it's like, you know, they like they're they started just as a band and like they played a house party in mm-hmm. Huntington Beach, at, like with some other Revelation Record guys and like. But then the people that started coming to their shows were a completely different mindset. That happened at the drive-in too. I remember. Yeah, yeah, big time with them. I, I know. I mean, I feel like it almost had. a... I don't know the real story, so but it feels like some had a hand in the end of that band in a weird way. Like they're playing one arm scissor and kids are beating the shit out of each other like jocks and they were really bummed. Yeah, you know, you can't choose your audience. Like that's the other thing that's kind of. You know, like, I did, and they're great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're the best for you. They're the best. That is All actually what's kind of cool about comics. You kind of, in you. a little way, you can kind. Of, no, you can't even know. Some, some, no, some I've don't. Got some I, weird, I've got some weird. Yeah, because there's gonna be dudes that the minute you touch, especially a major character like a fucking Batman or a sure. joke, forget it. Like I've seen people get gnarly at dudes that you know. Well, there there is this idea. Um, of course, it hasn't happened to me because everyone who comes to my shows is perfect. Uh, I love them all. I, I really do, actually. I have not. I have not. I have not had any dick. I really have not had any like dickheads. I think maybe one or two kind of drunk people, but for the most part, everyone's like really nice, mm-hmm. and I feel really lucky that way. And now it just sounds like I'm pandering, even though I'm not. But I do think it's interesting that you can create a thing, and then at a certain point, it gets to become a thing. That is really not yours anymore. Yeah, it's not it yours. It belongs to everyone who's enjoying it, and then, then it's almost like then you go, "Hey, I think I want to do this," and they're like, "No, no, that's not how it that's works." That's not how it works. Yeah. I thought of the thing. Yeah, I not can... anymore. Right. Yeah. There's a bit of yeah. There's that. That does happen. They take over as happen. the president of the yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. the yeah. public is like, "You're just the figurehead." Crazy. Like they <laughs> we're the board. Some, we're driving you. Kind of start to know it better than you, and you're like, "No, but you don't." And then it gets into a fruitless battle. <laughs> We're driving you like the star whale from Doctor Who. Mm. We're on your back. Yeah, Doctor Who! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, man. He did it! Oh, God! <laughs> Don't make fun of my referencing! <laughs> I'm not making fun of the referencing. I'm making fun of the reaction. Oh, okay. I actually can't, oh, totally I can't okay. watch Doctor Who, and I know it's an awesome show, but I get too many fucking ideas when I watch it. Like what? Like all I can watch basically is Downton Abbey. That's it. Yeah. Can you hear who's going to be on next Who? time? Paul Giamatti is going to be on Downton Abbey. Get out of what? Here. Yeah, he's the new cast member. <gasps> no, that's no. exciting. Yeah, that's fucking great. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. Like, if I watch a show, even Breaking Bad, I can't watch that because I'll get some kind of idea. It's different with every show. If I'm watching Doctor Who, it'll be like. Oh, well, now I want to write, like, ten science fiction stories. And I go, oh, uh, like, I'm not watching the show ten minutes in. Breaking Bad, I'm like, right. oh, I just want to cook meth and do I drugs should... now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I'm going to, yeah, exactly. It's I get too many ideas. So Downton Abbey is all I watch. Or if you watch Walking Dead, I want to cut off a bunch of people's heads and pretend they're zombies. <laughs> yeah, I like Walking Dead is another one that, like, it's like, wow, on paper, I should be watching this every week, wearing the T-shirt, eating popcorn, fucking loving it. In theory, I would, but I watch it, and then I'm like, oh, I got an idea for something, and I just leave the room. <laughs> it happens with any genre thing, you know? Well, so. it's, you know, it's, it's probably not... Uh... It's probably not a surprise then if your brain works that way, like why I mean, for me, 
I think a lot of why I used to uh, drink 20 beers a day was to <laughs> try to silence the chatter. That's exactly what it is. Silence the chatter. Yeah, it's it's, to... it's sort of like the, uh, you know, well, now enough people have seen Man of Steel. But when he's trying to adjust to the he can hear everything, and it's like, you know. Yeah, you develop like a system. You know, mine was like drink to get amped for the show to get ready because yep. you're tired and fucked up from the night before. Do the show, then because your adrenaline is, you know, chasing through your body at that point, even hours after you've performed, it's now 1 a.m., so then you just take a pill or a Xanax or something to shut it off. It's like you work out these systems, then you're hooked, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. And it is sort of, uh, your, your, your body doesn't like to take hard and right left turns chemically naturally. Yeah. They're like, hey, body, now all of a sudden I need to be able to do a two-hour show. Hey, buddy, can you just take it down a notch so I can get some sleep? <laughs> <laughs> it does not, if, you, if, if the body just wanted to do that. Body, hey, sorry, me again. Hey, uh, <laughs> remember what I said? You're not returning uh, any of my calls. Yeah. Boop. Hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, buddy. What the fuck? <laughs> buddy, listen, buddy. Hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving yourself messages. <laughs> messages to your brain. Yeah. Um, but it is... Uh, it, it is almost kind of a weird thing to have to figure out how to all right if i just uh, if i take a breath i don't have to react to every impulse <laughs> it's a lot of breathing <laughs> and it involves a lot of breathing you know cuz and a lot of thing <clears throat> uh, people don't understand too about addiction is that it's not something that goes away and it's not something that relapses can't happen even if you if you inspire people to get clean or something it's like there was a little bit of that i felt got got lost in the message sometimes at least my personal message was like oh well you know it was almost like a little bit of a watchdog thing on me like or is he clean or is he not and then these wild theories and stories and it's just like people fuck up people relapse that's like that's part of the recovery like is relapsing you know and um one of the things i'm just really psyched about now is that it's been a really long time you know but i can't say it wasn't without relapses or, or missteps or um anything like that but well as long as when people <clears throat> fuck up that they don't do the thing that people sometimes do and then just go, oh, it's all ruined forever. Fuck it yeah. all. And it's like, well, no, you, you know, you fuck, you may have fucked up today, but that doesn't mean you can still not fuck up tomorrow. Exactly. And that's the point. And that you're right. That's the shit that kills people and keeps them in the, in the drugs or the drink and eventually, yeah, kills them, you know, is the, oh, it's ruined. Like, you know, you, you have like, I had like six years at one point and then I didn't. And then. It's easier what was to, I gonna do? Not, it's, it's easier know. to smash the castle. It's easier to smash the sand castle. And I think a lot of people jump to that because you, that's easier to control sometimes. Is like destroying something is easier to control the outcome. Because mm-hmm. you know, like, well, if I do this, mm-hmm. I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah, even, yeah. Though it's, even though it's the worst thing it's that you can possibly thing. do. It's the worst thing. But having a kid for you must have given you something else to focus on outside yeah. yourself, which is probably a good thing. That was amazing and um, brought about a lot of stress and a lot of turmoil in that way, though. But, like, I guess what, one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm most proud of now is that I've, I feel like I've made it out uh, the other side. Um, I feel like I survived something awesome that I'm proud of, and I feel like I've figured out how to be a good dad, not just a dad. And it's an awesome feeling. A lot of people, I think, go through their whole lives looking for the confirmation from their kid if they were a good parent or not. But to me, what I realize is just be a good fucking parent. Right. <laughs> like, don't look for that shit, you know, because then you'll try to throw money at it or buy it off or something. It's like, 
you know, I'm not worried. Basically, I've hit a point now in my life, thankfully, where I'm not worried about that now. When now, I'm do older. you think when you you have a daughter, right? Mm-hmm. So, do you think <clears throat> when she's a teenager, whatever the the my chemical <laughs> romance of her, are you going to get it? Or are you going to be like? Turn that shit off. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Look what those fucking people are wearing. You know? I'm sure. Or is yeah. she going to be like, Dad, uh, this is your CD cover from... Yeah, I don't... Yeah. Wa- you know what? It's not the same thing. It's not... Yeah, these guys... Yeah. They're holograms. They're not even real people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're this called is... the holograms. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what I'm... kind of retro girl is this? CD. Which... <laughs> <laughs> no, she was holding up the old... Because uh, he's, he's got he's to have the room of memory. Yeah, I have, I have, old, some. An old I have some of those. Have. Yep, yeah. yeah, I've got yeah. some of those. Yeah, you know, that she's got to be able to make fun of when she's... Thing. It's huge. I, I actually fully support that shit. Like, I'm psyched to whoever is going to be the Bieber when she's Bieber aged. Right. You know, because, um, you know, there's going to be another Bieber. There's got it, yeah, of course. I'm yeah, you can't, you can, if you cut off the Bieber's head, two more Bieber heads <laughs> yeah. grow in its place. The soul of Bieber will go and invest in another body. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like Fallen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it'll just find a cat in the woods. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. This is the time I almost died. He'll have the crossroad where it's like, all right, well, I'll be the Justin Timberlake or I'll, you know, that is, he'll grow up is basically yeah. the point. But yeah, so whatever that is, when she hits that right age, I know that I will be there and I will be using everything in my book to try to get in. Like, did you know I was in a band? Or I was in a rock band. Can I get backstage? <laughs> I'll pull all that shit. That's the only time I. I pull shit for my daughter and for free coffee, and that's it. Like, I'll try to be like, I'm just going to recognize. <laughs> try to get backstage at the da- your daughter's boy band. I'm going to do it. And the band's it. like, oh, yeah, I've heard of your band. Yeah. My parents lost their virginity to it. Get yeah, out of here, yeah, old yeah, band. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. I can't wait. I can't wait for that shit. It's like that episode of Louie where he goes to Dane Cook to get the Gaga. Yes, <laughs> yes. I was like, I can't wait to do this shit. <laughs> you know? Well, of course, and I think it is safe to announce that your next musical project is the Trusty Punks. The Trusty Punks. Exactly. Uh, which uh... I'm going to be getting questions on the Twitter about it. Yeah. What's the Trusty what Punks? I just I like to it's see punk, if I can... you, it's punk music you can uh, trust in. Actually, I think it's just a <laughs> it's it's a bunch of trust fund kids. No, I know, uh, but I was trying to make it seem more epic. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't coin that. I think my wife did. I'm almost positive my wife Well, she's did. the manager of the Trusty Punks. Of oh, course yeah, she did. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of I course she, she did. she referred to somebody as a Trusty Punk once in public. <laughs> and it was just like, just... she says shit like that all the time, though, where I'm like, and she's like, oh, people say that all the time, and they don't, and she's just made it up. <laughs> that, see, she's including everyone yeah, to make it seem irrelevant. Yeah. Um, so you're, uh, but the, the new comic that is month, I know it's coming out monthly. Yes. And it just, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it just launched, did it launch Free Comic Book Day in May? We did the Free Comic Book Day thing and then last week, because it feels like, la- yeah, last week was the, the um, Beach Ball Secret Headquarters signing. Um, it launched, and it was surreal. It was like. Because also one of the things that's weird, it's a book about endings, and you know I didn't know the band was gonna break up. You know what I mean? So now this weird oh, post your brain knew. Yeah, my brain was like. Isn't it weird? Your brain knows shit before your yeah. before your conscious mind. And that series was written, and it's about loss and letting go and all kinds of stuff. And it was weird. And so to have that kind of posthumously is that how you said posthumously yes. posthumously yeah, yeah. come out um, is very surreal. You know. See, you were trying to express stuff, and you didn't. You just weren't aware of it's it yet. Just in there, but that's why it's kind of fun to have a couple of different forms of expression to play with. Is mm-hmm. that one might reveal stuff about the other before you actually are even aware of it? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited to. Um, I mean, I've been like making music. I'm fucking amped on it. So you know. So um, the so music is not 
you you you'll keep doing. No, in fact, <clears throat> you know, I had a. Oh man, I I can't blow up the spot on what this comic was going to be. I was about to take uh, a really amazing gig, writing basically like a dream comic of mine, and it wasn't Batman, and it was going to be very amazing, and it just wasn't working. Like I just never had the time. It definitely was happening around the breakup of the band, but I had planned. It was always like, I'll write comics if the band thing doesn't work, and it's like no. Like, you're a musician. Like, so what started to happen is I literally get up to write it, and, like, my guitar was sitting there, and it's like, just write some songs. And I couldn't stop. And and it had been years since that had happened. So, I, you know, um, so unfortunately the comic I was working on isn't happening. Was it DuckTales? <laughs> it was DuckTales. <laughs> it was DuckTales. Yeah, imagine. I'm going to do something really. Oh, my God. Gr- gritty with it. Yeah. Dewey's yeah. <laughs> on drugs. Dewey is a prostitute. And Louie is a lawyer. Launchpad, right? Louis is Louis yeah, Launchpad. Launchpad. You could do a lot of stuff with Launchpad. He's a pimp. Doofus, right? <laughs> He's a pimp. That was a good show. He, he's the, he the got into the pimp game because he was running drugs. It's over. He was yeah. drug running, probably. Yeah, with exactly. The, yeah, with the, with the plane. Uh, yeah. He would I go guess. down to Tailspin, wherever that was, <laughs> get the drugs. Wait, was Tailspin come... the island? Tailspin, I don't know what the island was. Tailspin was their business. It's like Margaritaville? Yeah. (laughs) Tailspin. He would go down there, he would go to fucking Jafar or some shit, get the drugs, and bring it back to Duckburg, and then give it to Huey to bring it to the the kids. Did they have have the genie, though? Couldn't the genie just... They have to wish. Wait, they had a genie? That was in the movie. The DuckTales movie was the genie. Oh, shit. Who became a real boy. Mm. Mm. I never saw the movie, I guess. It's good. Guess what we're doing next? Yeah, guys. yeah. Hey, hey come on, are we gonna do it? What is the, the, the what is the full name of the comic? It's a long title. Oh, the I... True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys. Okay. Yes, yes, because that was also the name of the record. Because um, it couldn't do anything easy, and it had to be really long. Everything. You know, <laughs> had to be really long. So that's uh, that's available monthly now. Yes. Um, where I, in brick and mortar stores, and I would assume on Comicsology as well, especially yeah. if it's Dark Horse. Um, and uh, but support your local comic book shop. Support your local comic yes, shop. Although please. you know, I've said that before to Gaston. I was like, Gaston, I'm really sorry. I use the I, I confessed to him like he's a fucking pre. Like I, I used the Comicsology app because I ran it, and he was like, Dude, it's fine, man. We got a store in Comicsology. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> they do, but like, there's a lot of smaller stores that, that don't. like you know, like Secret Headquarters is just a little you know indie right. store. And there was yeah. a really, there was a really. I I, I went by uh, when I was just in. Uh, oh, Norman, Oklahoma, uh, Speeding Bullet Comics. It's a cool little comic book shop uh, nice. right next oh, to cool. this place that I had that I had dinner like right next. Just cool, tiny little comic book shop. Still just a comic book shop, mm-hmm. and nice. uh, really, really cool. That's yeah. cool. So support your local comic book store. Absolutely. Um, and that's we're it. That's it. We just we thanks did for it. having me. That was awesome. Guys. Thanks for coming on. That was awesome. It was good to see you. You too. Enjoy. I've been, I've been a fan of your work too. Like what? Get out of yeah, because town. you were the first person on TV that would host stuff that I remember was so self-deprecating that I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I hate myself. I love that though, but nobody hated themselves on TV like you <laughs> back then. Yeah. It's almost as if you were an alcoholic. Dude, you you won a nation of young dudes over like that because we all fucking hated ourselves. That's Sitting there, just like this guy's awesome. He gets it. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you honestly. What it, what it was was that I, ne- you know, I moved a lot when I was a kid. I was never comfortable anywhere. Mm-hmm. I I I I really did like the nerdy stuff. I said I did, mm-hmm. and it was not popular at the time. Right. And so I always lived sort of a. I wanted everyone to like me, so I think that's where the comic thing came from. Mm-hmm. 
but um, you know, it, it just, as I got older, I got really uncomfortable, and so I get basically I get this MTV show, and all of a sudden I'm surrounded by all these people that I never would have been comfortable around in college, mm. and so I was just I was just never comfortable. Like I, and so I just got really. I made fun of myself. I made fun of everyone else, kind of under my breath, and that was that was <laughs> yeah. just sort of that's where all that came out. Was just like I am. I should not be around these fucking meatheads. That's awesome. So yeah, that, that it's was good. That. It's good. It's really cool to identify that when it's happening, you know? Because I had very similar experiences where I would be like backstage at some weird VMAs thing, and I'd be like, I'm not supposed to fucking be here. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. definitely bullshitting everybody. I right never. Now. I always felt like it was an like an us and them sort of a thing, yeah. where it's like, like well. That's where all those cool people are behind that rope over there, but uh-huh. I'm over here because I don't know how to talk to you know. Like yeah. I'm, I, you know, like I, what I'm noticing about myself is that I, I could perform for a million people and, on, and you know, if I'm in control of the situation, I'm performing. I, I, you know, I get a little nervous maybe, but I could do it. I really could feel like I could control the mm-hmm. room. But when I'm in social situations that I cannot just out in public, I get really weird and shy. And, you know, people are like, you know, people, some guy said to me once, like, um, he goes, yeah, you know, you don't really give a lot back in person. You know, like he just came up to me at a bar, like, you know, I was at a restaurant or a bar or something. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just, I feel really, you know, but not at our shows. I'm not that way. Right. Like no, I'm pretty outgoing at our shows. Yeah. I'm more that way. Cause it's show. sort of a, it's sort of a, you know, it's, it's like a safe environment. But when I feel like I'm outside a safe zone, I get really protective yeah. because I think just growing up, I just never felt comfortable in pie. I was like afraid of the wild. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, makes sense. Um, I don't know. Some people just, they, they feel more comfortable. I don't being in front of a lot of, you can control it. Maybe it's a control thing, you know? You can kind of control it. It's weird. It is. It is definitely a control thing. But all those are. Uh, all those are. Are you still recording this? Yeah. Yeah. Keep recording. It's fine. <laughs> these are. These are all. Oh, keep so recording. Glad I didn't say racist things. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that's so. The, the new LP from so Jonah close. Ray. <laughs> so close. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I don't remember what I was going to say. I'm sure it was. Oh, I was going to say those are all control issues, though. It's like. You know, drinking whatever drugs—it's just all eating disorders. There's just all control mm, issues, yeah. all of it. And they all—it's funny that it that it can express itself in so many different ways. But when you peel back the layers, you're like, well, it's really this one issue. Yeah, it's like I'm responsible just for scared. so many things. Yeah. yeah, I'm frightened. I'm frightened of things. I want—I yeah. just want to feel safe for a uh-huh. minute. <laughs> yeah, to me, I'm just bored of everything. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. it, <laughs> man. Um, yeah, see, like Jonah. I was afraid that I didn't get the chai latte exactly the way <laughs> that I needed it because mm-hmm. I just wanted to feel safe. You but you make it seem like I threw a giant tantrum. I think I was just like, um, where's that thing I need? No, I didn't, no, I didn't mean to make it seem like a tantrum, but it was exactly what you, how you did it. Yeah. <laughs> I, where's that thing that I need that I rely on every day? That's the alcoholic thing bubbling up. Where's yeah. the thing that I, I need to yeah. count on something? I have to have it. It's yeah. the only thing. <laughs> it's the only this. thing I can do anymore. Why doesn't this yeah. board barista understand this is the only kid thing that I have today? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That I can rely on. And when I said 20 minutes, I meant like there was no one else in there, and they looked at us, and they didn't do anything. Must have felt like an eternity. Hoping, hoping like they were going to Must have we felt leave. like an eternity. Yeah. What, what can you do How in that time? You keep on belittling my situation. I know, it's fun. <laughs> but getting so defensive, but so defensive. <laughs> 
must be real weird that you didn't get what you wanted. No, but if you think the thing. Oh, God, that's like two games of golden tea that you would have had to sit through in the bar there. Golden 20 tea. minutes. It was a Black Bear Diner. There was no golden tea there. Like your fucking booze hound friends play. <laughs> <laughs> oh man Yeah you guys were living it man <laughs> You guys were fucking living it <laughs> You try and find Black something Black bear, open. red bear shit I don't care I just need a place to take a shit You find something open in Wairika at 6am The meth lab is open at Wairika at 6am We never close <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a Del Taco and a meth lab Yeah now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by Stamps.com. Go to Stamps.com, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Nerdist for a $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale and $55 of free postage. That's Stamps.com. Enter the promo code Nerdist. Are you tired of dating assholes? Do you want a Prince Charming? If so, we're filming a reality show. Sign up here. 12 American women are flown over to the UK for a Bachelor-style reality dating show. There are so many questions about a show like this because it's so odd. These women have been told that they were going to be dating the world's most eligible bachelor, Prince Harry. What? Y'all playing with me, right? You can binge The Bachelor of Buckingham Palace exclusively on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app.